Hey, Misfits, hope you're good. Welcome back to the James Kennedy Podcast. What have you been up to? You had a good week? I've basically just been working my ass off all week, every day, which is pretty much my life in all honesty, but I can't complain because they're all things that I choose to do for myself. My problem, though, is that I don't let myself enjoy any of them. You know, like I set myself this goal, like I'm going to fucking climb to the top of that mountain. You know, metaphorically speaking, I wouldn't climb anything too lazy. But then I can't then not do it because I've told myself I'm going to do it. And, I, and, I, and I'm not happy until I've gotten to the top. So <laughs> the entire process between saying I'm going to do it and then eventually getting to the top, whether that you know is a day or a week or a year or whatever, um, it is unpleasant, which is just the strangest psychology. You know, I'm just frustrated until the thing is finished. And then I immediately pick a new mountain to go and climb. It's, it's such a bizarre thing to put yourself through. So have I been outside enjoying the sunshine? No, I haven't. I've been sitting inside a studio with the windows closed for the audio in my black skinny jeans, <laughs> probably a black hoodie at some point as well, um, with the curtains closed, just blasting through my workload with a frown on my face. But then some of you know that I'm being a little bit dramatic for, uh, you know, self-depreciative effect here because uh, anyone that follows me on social media knows that I actually spent all day at the beach on Sunday. So I'm talking absolute bollocks. <laughs> and you know what? I loved every damn second of it. I'm not going to apologize because Lion by the Sea is my favorite place to be. You know, it's just something really primal. And I don't know what it is about lying next to the sea. You know, the ebb and flow, the inhale and exhale of the waves of nature. You know, something very calm and meditative about it. And also, you know, just staring out at that horizon, that vast expanse of nothingness, essentially. You know, I just find it great for creative thought or self-reflection. And it's also humbling as well. It makes you aware of your insignificance ultimately and the, and the sheer scale and force and wonder of nature. Do you know what I mean, man? My God, when did I start talking like such a hippie? Let's get the guest on quick before I start talking, like trying to sell you crystals or some shit. <laughs> Got a good one for you guys today. We're talking about the music industry, touring and Brexit and how it's basically made touring musicians' lives an absolute nightmare. So thanks for that, Leavers. Now, as well as being a multi-camera vision director for artists such as Lady Gaga, Peter Gabriel, Madonna, and The Who, Tim Brennan is also the man behind the Carry On Touring campaign, which is urging the government to implement visa-free travel around the EU for touring artists and entertainers. Tim's petition gathered over 280,000 signatures and was debated in Parliament. Tim continues to campaign to this day, and I'm mad keen to find out where things are at. So, Tim Brennan, welcome to the podcast, sir. How are you doing, man? Hi, James. Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. You know, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to, to say once again that I've got a bit of a bourbon hangover because it's becoming a bit of a recurring theme now, and I think people are going to start to realise that I've got a problem, you know? Yeah, actually, I, I, I've also got a bit of a hangover as well. I just won too many last night. What's your tipple <laughs> of choice? Uh, I had a nice couple of pints of br- local bridge, Burton Bridge Farm Ale, oh. and, uh, and I walked back from the pub, and that was, uh, that was cool. Nice, but uh, yeah, no, it was um, it was a good evening, and um, I, I think I had too many. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, some days you know, it's just got to be done, man. You know, and you've got lots to pat yourself on the back for. The weather's good, so hey, you know, why not? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's good. It's all good. Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you today about your incredible Carry On touring campaign, which is obviously you know massively relevant to me as a musician. But you know, this is an issue that affects so many industries as well. And you were the guy that started the petition that got over two hundred eighty thousand signatures and was debated in Parliament. So that's a huge achievement, and it got such viral momentum as well. So you know, thank you for, for starting that and, and raising awareness and getting that ball rolling. Um, 
How did it start? Yeah, no, thanks. Well, the reason I started it, and tell me if I won't ramble on about stuff, but the reason I started it was I was, I was sitting listening to, I think, Nick Ferrari or someone like that on, on the radio. Um, I was just getting more and more angry about what I could see was going to happen with regard to touring and the the red tape and all the nightmare that was going to ensue after, after the final sort of Brexit deadline. So I, I randomly sent off this petition to Parliament. And, um, you know, it's a funny funny thing. You don't really hear much back from it. They ask you for five signatures. So you, you go and say to a few people, yeah, sign this for me. Yeah. And, then, and that was it. And then, it, then the next thing I know, a, a good friend of mine, a drummer called Jed, sent me a message and said, have you seen this petition? And I went, yeah, that's my petition. And he went, yeah, I know. And he said, um, he said, you know, it's gone viral. And I looked at it, and it was about six or 7,000 signatures. And this was like Christmas Eve. And so I said to the, the wife, this has gone a bit mad. And she's, and we sat and watched it that evening, and it was being pushed by um, quite a few sort of um, celebrities. And we watched it go from 5,000 to over 12,000. And then wow. over the next few days, it just went, it just skyrocketed. We hit we hit the sort of debate part, like the hundred thousand when it gets debated. We hit in about four days or five wow, days. That's that. amazing. And then um and then it just continued on and on. So, but you know, it, it was like wow, what what you know what what so many people are obviously uh, affected by it and concerned by it. You know. Well, people love music, don't they? People need music. You know, we see this time and time again on issues that affect the arts and, you know, music in particular. Um, the general public and the music-loving public will, will put their hand in the pocket. They'll stand up and be counted. You know, they'll get behind whatever campaigns they need to to support the arts and to support mu- the musicians that make the music that is the soundtrack to all of our lives. The problem is that that isn't mirrored in the hallways of power where these decisions are made. Well, yeah, I think that's that's the issue that we're facing, and, and I think we've, as a, as the campaign has as it has progressed, we've garnered a lot of support right across parties. You know, so we've got Tories, we have obviously a lot of Labour supporters, a lot of Lib Dems, you know, a lot of S SMP. You know, there's it's it's right across the board, it's, it, and this this campaign, it's not really about Brexit as such. It's about finding a solution for. Uh, the problems that's been caused by Brexit, you know, mm. it's finding a way through all this red tape. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that the, the, one of the, the biggest things, as, as you say, is that, it, you know, you've got the corridors of power, and uh, like the DCMS ministers and this, that and that. Whenever we write to them, and, and we frequently write to, the, write to them and ask them questions and this, that and that, but they, they constantly come back to us and say it doesn't fit in with our manifesto pledge. Huh to take back control of our border and it's like you said that for the last 18 months you know you keep repeating the same line and i i, I think it's it basically it sends that down to to the home office i think it's pretty patel saying look you, well i'm not budging on this really and i think right. that's that's where it's that's where it's sort of stuck to be honest yeah well, for those listeners then who don't as yet know what we might be talking about, would it be possible for you to explain exactly what the new situation is for, you know, artists, entertainers, freelancers in many industries who who are now trying to um, do their trade in Europe post-Brexit? You know, what, what are the new challenges that those people face? Sure. Okay. So let's, first of all, 
the, 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 they start with um, work permits and and uh, and visas, basically. So each each sovereign country, so there's 27 states or sovereign countries, as you like to call them. Um, each one has a, their own right to set their own work permit regulation, and so. Um, so, someone like France and Germany, Spain, and uh, I think Greece as well now, have, have sort of said, well, okay, you know, we're, we're say you can come over here for thirty uh, for 90 days uh, and, and work without need of a permit. Although, you know, technically, you're supposed to let them know that you're actually there working. Um, and I think they can throw you out if you don't. But it's, uh, other other countries, uh, I think I think it's Hungary, you have to register as a uh, as a resident uh, before they will give you a work permit. So you, you know, you, who's going to do that? Yeah. That's 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 the issue. Um, the the biggest problem we face, though, really, is access to the Schengen area. Yeah, and that basically comes down to, you know, we're not allowed into the Schengen as we're now third, what's called a third country national, um, and that means that. You've, you've seen all the hassle in Dover in the last couple of weeks. It's basically, uh, you can only go into Schengen for 90 days at a time. Yeah. And there's no, there's no way around it. Uh, and then once you've had your 90 days, you, you're out for 90 days. And that's why we say it's 90 and 180. Yeah? Yeah, right. So essentially, you can go in there for, for say, you go over uh, for 10 days, you do a 10 day stint, then you come back for two weeks and then you want to go back again. You know, you've still got to bear in mind that first 10 days. And so you're then only allotted 80 days. And then, you, you know, it's, it, it turns into where it turns into an issue is for, for not so for artists as such that go in and out because normally they're not normally over there for, for that length of time. But yeah, there are people out there like technicians like myself who will go from tour to tour to tour and that could potentially go way over that 90 day limit. Um, there's opera singers that, that, you know, sign on for a, for an opera in say Spain or someone like that. And they often frequently go well over that 90 day limit. Yeah, and yeah. so they're not being asked to do it. And it's the same with the dancers and the same with everyone right across the board, to be honest. Um, so that's the big issue for us. So you've got two things there. You've got the, the access for the 19180. You've got to take uh, take that into consideration. You've got your work permits to think about. And then if you want to take gear with you, you know, if you're taking a, a guitar, fine. If it's your own personal guitar and you can carry it through the through the border facility, you don't need a car, mate. Right now, you've just you've just led me straight into the next question because I was going to ask you if you could explain the horror of the dreaded carne. <laughs> For people who don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, uh, things are changing on this, but as, as at the moment, as far as I'm aware, if you're carrying a portable instrument, and it is only instruments, so guitars, I think drums, you know, maybe a keyboard or something Anything like you can carry, yeah. Anything you can carry through, through a border, a violin or whatever, um, you, can, you can carry through without the need of a carne. You will need probably um, proof of ownership. You, if it's a, a, an instrument that has uh, rare woods in it, you'll obviously be subject to the I think society's uh, issues, and that's another kettle of fish. Um, but 
if you if you want to take anything else like a tool toolkit or an amplifier, even an amp head, or or if you're a photographer, you want to take cameras or laptops or stuff like that, then that's it. That's where you need a carne. Right, explain to them what a carne is. So a carne is basically a document that says that you're you 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 apply for the carne, you pay a fee, and then you're you get it stamped on the way out and you get it stamped on the way into Europe and then you get it stamped from leaving Europe and you get it stamped on the way back into the UK. And basically it's a document that says that you won't sell that piece of equipment whilst you're over there. And that, that's kind of what it's about. It's to stop you saying, well, I'm going to sell this guitar and that's it. Because obviously, you know, there would be import duties and all that to pay. Yeah. You know, so that that that's basically the, the need of a, why why we have to have carnies is the, is is for, for customs basically. Well, it's just an extra headache to have to deal with on top of everything else, isn't it? For bands who oftentimes probably don't know what they're doing with this stuff. I mean, if you're a small band like you just described, you know, you're you're all you're traveling super light. You're all carrying, say, you know, one instrument, and it's traveling with you, and you're sleeping on sofas, and perhaps borrowing, you know, the drum kit at the venue or something like that. Then great, you can circumnavigate it. It's not a problem. But you know, if you're a professional band, you know, traveling around Europe in a splitter, you know, you've got drum kits and amps and cabs and boxes of merch. You know, this is a this is a royal pain in the ass, isn't it? Well, that, that's it. I mean, to to be fair, once you're in Schengen, you, you're kind of okay in that sense, you don't have to sort of go once if you, if you go between France and Germany, for instance, you don't need, you won't need to present your paperwork there. Right. Um, it's, it's only your entry into Schengen and your entry into Europe and entry out again. Yeah. You know, oh, so X out again, basically that, you know, so that, that's, that's the issue. One thing to note is if you're driving a, uh, a van or, or a, a, a splitter, um, and you've got a car now, you're probably going to end up have been loaded down the freight lines on, on the ferry or the train. And, um, and you'll get hit again, uh, for, for freight pricing, which is quite a bit more than you would if you, uh, if you went through the normal channels. So, you know, you've not only got the cost of your car now, which is about 390 quid plus whatever the bond is, uh, then you'll, you'll have, um, the cost of your freight freight tickets as well. Um, I should say, let me explain the, on the cost on the car. Now you got the, the fee to have the, the have it produced. As I say, it's around about a three hundred and fifty pound mark, and then you pay a bond, and the bond is based on a on the value of the kit that you're taking. Right. Uh, and and it's essentially it's an insurance kind of like an insurance policy. You pay that bond, and then you, I believe, you get the bond back at the end of it. Yeah. Right. So that, that that's the carnage um, situation, and then obviously um, merch is uh, is another nightmare. To be honest, I, I mean, merch is not my real strong point. I've never really had to deal with it, to be honest. Um, but it's my understanding that if um, you're allowed to carry uh, in your personal baggage um, out of the UK, you can carry, I believe, it's fifteen hundred pounds. Right. worth of merchandise but the, the the flip is if you you can only take into europe in your hand baggage a thousand euros so basically do one thing ignore the 1500 quid uk limit you, you're allowed a thousand euros to take into 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 the eu and that's per person but and this is the big sticking point 
um, you have to be careful about the rules of origin. And that's so if your T-shirt, see, you've got a bunch of T-shirts printed. They've been produced and uh, made in China. And then you've had them shipped they've, they're into the UK. You've had them printed by a local T-shirt company. And you go, right, that's it. I've got my T-shirts off. I go. You've got to be really careful. The, the rules of origin state that you'd be importing those from China right. into the EU. Got you. And that's will stick. Um, and I, that's the bit I don't really know that much about. So that's where I'm going to end it on that one. But it's, it isn't, it's, there's plenty of people out there. Ian Smith, my co-body on uh, Carry On Touring, is much more up on that side of it. Well, that's already quite a lot of stuff. And there's, there's so much capacity there for error and confusion and i can well, just imagine for a, a band that like an independent band particularly there's a lot of bands are doing this now you know independently you know without the support of you know a label infrastructure and stuff like that this is just an, an absolute fucking minefield I, I yeah i just have to say though you know it sounds like a nightmare and and i don't want to say say look it's a nightmare forget it but you know it is doable you can do it it's just that it's going to take a lot of red tape and a lot of hassle and a lot of grief. Right. There's a lot of bands out there that are doing it. And, and uh, uh, just going, uh, you know, if you see them on Facebook or on Twitter and stuff, and they say, oh, this was hell or that was hell. But I think once the information starts being built and we start getting people regularly doing it and we can sort of say to someone, what happened there? And, and you can say, yeah, I can. I understand what's going on. You know, you need to go to that border point right. or that border, yeah. or you know, to get go here for this document or that document. No, you know what I mean. And we can sort of say, right, guys, if you want to tour, yes, you can do it. These are our guidelines. These are what we're saying. Yeah. This is how to do it. Right. This is something that the government should be putting together for us. And to be honest, as far as I can tell, anything that's been achieved so far. It's been done by the industry itself. You know, the, the, I really stumbled well, on it. Well, I, to be I think honest. you made a really important point there because, you know, the bands that are, are out there at the moment doing this are kind of the first over the hill, aren't they? They're the first out of the trenches. And obviously, you know, I'm part of that community, so I get the feedback from people. And, you know, none of it so far has been good. But, you know, once there's been a bit of time, perhaps, and we've got a bit of a knowledge base and a bit of a pool of um, advice and experience from the bands that have already been out there and done it now, you know, then perhaps over time it might get easier because, you know, people will know what to do because that knowledge gets passed around and gets handed down. But, you know, we shouldn't be having to fix this ourselves. You know, this should be sorted by the people that created the mess in the first place, which is the bloody lawmakers. Well, yeah, sadly, that, that is the case. Um, I should say there's, there's a lot of information out there already. Um, so uh, on our on carryontouring.uk, our, our own website, we we have a lot of links. There's a, there's a whole section called the info info hub, and on that um, there, there's one document on there which is really handy because it's it shows you where to go, what what, what you know in the port, and and uh, where to get your carnet stamped, and and where and where to get all the paperwork done, basically. Right. Yeah, got you. That's very good. On the, uh, if you're in the Musicians' Union, you can access a lot of great information on their website. Um, and the same with the Institute, of, oh, sorry, the Incorporated Society of Musicians, the ISM. They have some fabulous uh, information readily yeah. available all about work permits. Ian Smith runs um, UKE Artworks. 
he he's got a lot of information on there. There's links to all of this stuff in in the carryontouring.uk website. Uh, info hub page good plug there sorry about that but. No, plug plug away plug away i've got your links ready to plug <laughs> if, we want, yeah. if we want people to get on the website and get informed for, you know downstream also to get behind the campaign and help out you know that, that's what we're, we're what, what we're trying to do is put information in front of people to sort of say look guys it, it is possible it's a royal pain in the butt but it can be done yeah. don't be put off because that's the what the last thing we want is to for people to say do you know what I'm not going to bother. Yeah, well, we have seen, you know, a lot of bands, you know, falling off festival bills and, you know, cancelling huge swathes of dates in certain territories and stuff like that. And there's a lot of, I think it's very convenient to blame things on COVID at the moment, but it's happening so much. I, I honestly believe it's got more to do with finance. Yeah. Because it's so damn expensive to do a tour. I mean, even as a, a mid-level successful band, you know, with label backing, you know, you're thousands of pounds in the red before you even set foot at the door, you know? Yeah. So I think with these extra obstacles and barriers to surmount, I think it is turning a lot of bands off. And we are definitely seeing that and it can't all be the fault of COVID. No, I, I definitely agree. And um, I think, you know, that that's, that's a real shame because I think we have so much um, cultural... And, and, and different types of bands to offer uh, a new sort of music coming out all the time. You know, it, it would be criminal for it not to be, uh, not to be toured. Um, yeah. You know, especially like the issue like uh, with streaming, you know, artists aren't making money from streaming anymore. They have to make it from, from going out on the road and yeah. putting it out in front of people. And if that stops because of, of, of this, the problems around Brexit, then you know that's going to that's going to have a massive impact on what music music's coming out these days. Totally, totally. And yeah. That, you say, I mean, I, there's not an hour in the day when I haven't got music around, and I, it's for me, you know, it would be a living nightmare if, if suddenly one day there was no more music. You know, yeah, it would be terrible. Well, that is one thing. I've said this on on other episodes, talk, you know, talking about the music industry and stuff like that. That is one thing that the, this country does so damn well. You know, we we are like top of the league, I think. You know, on 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 the world league table of you know, look at the iconic bands we churn out, man. It's you know, it's easy to name all the old classics, but I mean, you know, we're still doing it now. You know what I mean? There's so much good music coming out of this tiny little island, and uh, I yeah. think it's one of our best exports. You know, we suck at, at many things. You know, like food being one of them. But um, you know, when it comes to yeah. music, man, you know, we're uh, uh, we're hard to wrestle with. No, that's right. That's right. Indeed. And I, I will shout out for all the people like my stuff, like all the techs and stuff as well, because, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of time in, in Parliament and that they're talking about Labour. It's terrible for this. They'll talk about the issue and they'll say, oh, we're trying to sort out the issue for musicians too in the EU. But it's like, oh, hang on, guys. It's not just musicians. True. It is the musicians. It is the dancers. It is the... The the, um, the individual artists, it's the photographers, the fashion people, theatre, actors. There's so many people that are yeah. affected by this. Yeah. You know, and, and like you say, our creative industries in this country are second to none. We we produce stuff that is phenomenal. And and we we have so much ability to be able to push it out around the planet. And, and people... People around the planet are always coming to us and looking at what we're doing and yeah. watching, and, and and you know, it, it's an amazing uh, how how this small island, like you say, produces so much great content. 
And have you seen yourself or do you know of any research or studies that have been done on this yet as to whether there has been a detrimental effect on the industry or are things kind of staying afloat and functioning as they were despite the extra ball ache? Or has there been a noticeable detrimental effect on our industry or, or your industry? I, I, yeah, for definite. There, there is. There, is, there has been. We, we're getting to a situation where someone like myself, I, I work for um, various bands, either directly for band or for a production company. Um, I, I work for a lot of American production companies. Uh, and they will come over to Europe and they'll pick up like a local crew like myself when we might tour around Europe and then they'll say to me, right, come on, we, we're off to Australia or we're off to the South America or, or the Far East. Um, and they're saying to me now, well, actually, we can't take, we can't do that. We can't, we don't want to pick you up to take you around Europe anymore because of all the extra hassle. Right. You know, I've, I've had American production managers saying, I'm sorry, we're, we're having to use the European crew or crew that have dual nationality or, or or dual passport. Well, once you've done your 90 days as well, you can't, you know, that's it. Well, that's it again. I mean, that, why, why are they going to give me the job or, or a, a people like person like myself when they can go through someone who's maybe an Irish person with, with an EU passport who's not restricted to the 90 days. Yeah. You know, and that's where we're losing out. And, it, and it's, and that's losing a lot of massive amount of income for this country. You know, and we keep saying that to the government, but the government just keep coming back with this same old same old you know well you made a very interesting point at the start and i i sort of jumped in and steered you elsewhere at that point but i'd like to come back to it if that's okay uh, you mentioned that you think that this actually truthfully comes down to pretty patel's immigration policy and keeping a hard line on the hard border which is non-negotiable as far as the home office is concerned with everything you've done on this campaign now since you started is that your conclusion as to what you think is actually going on here yeah Right. I think absolutely. You know, everything everything we've done has always come back and it's always been that that same answer, you know, we it's always down to oh we can't do this because of our manifesto promise. You know, well how many other manifesto promises have they broken? You know, you've got people like Lord Frost who who's admitted that you know, the E the EU offered us a better deal and, and they turned around and said no. It's like well why? Why did you do that? Yeah. You know, what What I don't get is it's not as if someone like myself or, or you or, or any artist, they're going to go and tour Europe. They're, they're, they're going out there. They're going to play their shows, and then they're going to move to a different area. They might come back to the UK. They might go to America or Australia, and they're going to go and play shows there. Yeah. They're not going out to live uh, they're not going to go out and suddenly go, oh, do you know what? Oh, I'm going to stay here and live in France or I'm going to live in Germany. Right. Or if it's, a, if, and it's the same the other way around. So if a French band want to come here, they're not going to suddenly want to jump ship and say, actually, I'm going to stay. And that's that. They're, they're too busy thinking about the next show down the road and, yeah, and going, well, I'll get to Germany, you know? Yeah. So I think there's, there's, there's a big, the, the whole thing about this is, I think, you know, there, there is a sticking point there. And I think until until something changes radically, I don't think they're going to give us any any leeway on it. Ah, oh, man, that sucks. One of the one of the things that really, really we need help on is is this ninety and one hundred eighty day rule. Yeah, one hundred percent. If we could get some form of exemption, or maybe a, like a two year access visa or any, anything that would give us 
the ability to sort of say, look, guys, we're, we're, as I say, we're, we're here just working. Well, I'm here for a hundred, hundred days. I'm on this tour and then I'm off again. Yeah. Or I'm here for six months on this, on this show. Do you know what I mean? It, it would be so much easier, but until we can get that, that sort of, um, that process until we can get persuade our government to take that on board and take that to the EU and sit down with the EU and sort of say, come on, let's try and make this easier. Let's make this work. I, until that happens, I don't think, I don't think we're going to get anywhere. And I think, frankly, I think the sticking point for that, for my, my opinion, this is my own personal opinion. The sticking point for that is at the home office. Right. I, I just think that pretty Patel has, has frankly said, no, that's it. Um, and that's where we're at. Well, not that we needed any more reason to hate Pretty Patel, but, you know, I suppose uh, the death of our musical export would be a good one, you know, on, on top of all the other evil that woman is responsible for, but let's not get into that. I mean, um, is there any hope in any of the political parties? You know, is one party stronger on this issue than any other, or is it, you know, a, a minority of MPs cross-party that are, are fighting the corner on this? No, I think I think there are genuine... Um, I think there's a genuine want to, to sort the issue out. I think, I think, yeah, the cost party wise, I think, I think most parties actually want to get it sorted out. It's just the sticking points you know, have got to be ironed out. I think, I think Labour, I think SNP, Liberal Dems, and and and, so, and, so the, and some and most a lot of the Tories. You know, if you look at what um, what they're saying, a lot of the MPs go, are behind us. You know, they, they want to get it sorted out. We, we've even got a staunch Brexiteers. Um, I can't remember his name. It's my head. But one of the one of the main Brexiteer guys, a Conservative, um, he, he he's supporting us. Right. He's saying, well, yeah, okay. It, it seems weird that this guy is supporting us, but no, it's because he wants he wants to find a solution to the problems as well. Yeah. And I can see why he's. I I can see that he's looking at it in the kind of kind of way that he needs to make Brexit a success and finding a solution to this mess will help, will help him make it a success. I mean, I, I, I quite freely admit I voted to remain and I don't see Brexit will ever be a, a, a success, but no. you know, if we can find a solution to get this mess sorted out and maybe a few other messes sorted out, then uh, maybe we can sort sort through it but well it's only an agreement isn't it it just needs to we just need to have an agreement that this is um a work visa essentially you know um because we're we're there working you know it's it's good for their economy it's good for our economy you know it's not um it's not an immigration issue because as you say we're not settling we're moving on away and we're coming home again you know it's it's a work permit well like you just said just there it's 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 not about just us it's about the local economies that we go to and I, I've been saying this for a long time. You know, if if a band like a pays a fifty thousand seat stadium in in Amsterdam, plays say maybe the Rye Stadium, and um, you know, fifty thousand people turn up to watch that gig, that's a lot of transport, that's a lot of restaurants, that's yep. a lot of maybe a lot of hotel rooms, a lot of taxis. Yeah. You know, all all the security staff, all the bar staff, all of these people that that rely on that work. You know, that's a lot of money going into those local economies. You know, I always go, I always give this example, Sasha Lord, the guy um, from, the, from Manchester, who, who's uh, the nighttime czar, as it were. He said to me once, you know, he puts on park life up in Manchester. And he said that brings in 17.1 million pounds. 
into the economy for Manchester. Yeah. You know, that, that's a huge amount of money. And, and this is happening all around, all around Europe. There's, there's like festivals now that are, that are being cancelled because, you know, they can't get the, uh, the UK bands to go over there. Yeah. You know, and that take, that's that, some of those, those festivals are in quite remote parts and it takes a big hit out of those areas, you know. So, but it's not just those big shows. You know, it's just it's the little guys. How many little shows were there all going on uh, over night time all over Europe, you know? And they all have, all have, all have a knock-on effect. Damn right. I mean, you know, and I, I kind of think that's one one area that we can put some pressure on um, on the EU from in, from that side of it by sort of saying to these to these local communities, these uh, nighttime mayors and this, or whatever, and sort of saying to them, look, you know, have a word with your your um, cultural ministers and your financial ministers and say, look, this is affecting us not ha- not having these people coming over. You know, and maybe we can get some traction that way. Well, how does it affect um, bands in Europe coming to the UK then? I mean, I, I know that like, I can keep I keep banging on about bands and I'm keeping this very, you know, music industry focused when, you know, as you pointed out, you know, this is, this doesn't just affect, you know, my community of, of rock bands, you know, that this affects, you know, tons of industries, but just keeping it sort of, you know, narrowed down on the musical side of things. How does it affect European bands who want to do dates in the UK? I don't think it's as bad uh, as such. Um, they, they, there's a number of channels they can use to come into the UK. Um, one of which, I mean, and this is Ian's strong point because he's as a as a booking agent himself, he's he's used to doing this sort of stuff. Um, but basically, one of the things that you, is is the way of, way of doing it is a certificate of sponsorship. Now, Ian is is a guy that can organise it. Certificates of sponsorship. I can never say it. And basically, what that means is um, he, he they, they, an artist will go to Ian, he'll arrange a certificate. Uh, when the artist comes into the UK, they bring the certificate with them. They have to have it stamped to have it to uh, at, at the airport or wherever they're coming in. And it's crucial that they get this stamped because if they don't get it stamped, then then and the, this is happening a lot. If they don't get it stamped, they're working illegally in the UK. Right. And that throws up a lot of issues. So again, vitally like us going out, we have to abide by their paperwork, their rules. We have to do the same. They have to do the same coming here. Right. You know, so there's a lot of, yeah, it does affect them. It it affects them both ways. Yeah. It's so irritating. It's so pointless. I mean, what's the, what's the what's the point of all of this? You know, what I mean, what did we what have we gained? We gained nothing. But you know, I don't want to go down a Brexit wormhole. But you know, I I voted to remain the same as yourself. And the fact that this affects the industry that I've spent my entire life working my ass off in, just the same as you have in yours, in such a terminal way, is just doubly offensive to me <laughs> you know i mean i hate brexit anyway for every other reason but you know this just adds you know it just leaves an even worse taste in your mouth doesn't it oh definitely definitely no it really does i mean uh, as i say the the, the, the day that the, the vote was announced it was like oh why are we doing this you i know? know i know i know for me there was like a sequence of things i can't remember the order but there was there was boris johnson there was brexit and there was trump yeah. And it just became staggeringly clear to me that, like, we can't be trusted. <laughs> you know, don't yeah. give us a vote, don't give us a referendum, because we cannot be trusted to not fuck things up for ourselves. No, 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 no. I mean, I've, 
All I hope is that there's, there's a resolution to it somewhere along the line, you know. But it's, well, your revolution is what we need, not resolution, but... <laughs> But I think I think one is likely more likely than the other. So speaking of resolutions, then I mean, you know, thanks to your amazing campaign, um, you actually got this issue debated in Parliament. So could we talk then about what the nature of that debate was? What was the outcome? And is this an open-ended conversation ongoing, or are we case closed now with this? So really, it was more about raising awareness of, of the situation. Um, I, I think a lot of it. A lot of the, the the whole thing was kind of under the radar, and I don't think people really realised what essentially was going to happen. And I, 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 you see that a little bit in some of the comments, some of the tweets that you see, like uh, ministers putting out uh, about, oh, you can just go through; they should just wave you through at Dover. Hmm. You know, there's a lot of misunderstanding about the whole the whole issue, um, but. Yeah, so I, I think the the the, the petition, the, the debate, um, and everything was was about raising raising awareness of uh, of of the, of the situation. Right, um, and that's what the campaign's been about. I mean, off off the back of the the petition, we 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 had the debate and we started the campaign. Um, and the campaign's been going, as I say, for several um, eighteen months since December twenty one, but. Um, 2020 sorry <laughs> but yeah it's it's an ongoing debate we as a, as, as you well know we're we're going to be uh fortunate to have one of the lords to sponsor the room for us um in the house house of parliament in september on september the 6th uh and we're going down to have a have a meeting with parliamentarians uh, and and try and build the case more you know right. we've we've got uh a We've got an amazing industry, uh, an amazing amount of people fighting this corner. It's not just carry on touring. As I said earlier, yeah. you've got the Musicians Union, you've got the ISM, you've got the live group, you've got UK Music, you've got uh, featured artists, FAC, you've got music um, music managers. There's a raft of um, of organisations that are fighting this corner, um, and. You know, it would be remiss of me not to sort of give them a shout out because yeah. a lot of the stuff has been achieved. It's been achieved by these these other organisations. You know? Great, great. So, but yeah, when we we are a bit of a, a, a shout a lot, at the um, you know make a lot of noise. And that's our campaign. That's what we try and do. You know, unfortunately, I've I've got a lot of good uh, good followers on Twitter and. Uh, I, so we, you know, regularly quite get quite viral tweets retweeted across the board to to just make make people aware, you know, that yeah. this is what's going on, you know. So since the hearing, then, you know, despite the, you know the amazing work by yourself and and many others uh, in getting it this far, uh, there hasn't been any political progress to speak of as yet. Is that is that where we're at? No, I have to say there has been there has been some progress. We we have, um, you know, uh, Spain, for instance, were one of the countries that were up in the air about their work permit situation. They've now come on board, and that was uh, that that came about because of the industry were talking to the promoters in Spain, and the promoters went to the Spanish government and were saying, "Come on, guys, you need to sort this out." So that that that's that's come around. The same in Greece that that's 
that's come on board. There are there are manoeuvres. There are countries beginning to to, to do this. Um, we had a recent, fairly recent win with regards to trucking. Um, it's a bit of a difficult one to explain, but essentially. Uh, the situation is now a lot of the large trucking companies have moved half their fleet into into Europe. So they're based, and the truck itself is registered in Europe. Right. Um, those that it's in itself makes a bit of an issue. If you take, for instance, one a, a large tour that's out at the moment has got say fifty trucks on it, and those trucks move from from France, say, into the UK, you know. Before this agreement uh, that happened a couple of weeks back, um, those trucks would be uh, stopped, and they'd have to a UK truck would have to come along, pick up the trailer, and take it off. Um, but now, now we've got this dual registration situation where the UK have, have given us a kind of a, a turning kind of a blind eye, letting us come in with those, those European trucks, do the, the UK leg, and then going back out again without having to have the trucks dual registered and that, right. that's quite a big win you know sadly that doesn't help um the smaller companies and it certainly doesn't help the the uh the the the, the orchestras that own their own specialist yeah, trucks yeah 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 and those guys are still struggling to to to, to, to do their tours um but yeah there are there is progress you know you can't say that there hasn't been progress there is progress right is but still you know we need to still keep banging on about this yeah, you know, until proper, proper answers and proper discussion. So, what can people do to help them? People listening to this, you know, the general public, can they pressure their MP? Can they raise yeah. the issue with them? Yeah. Or is there something else they should be doing? No, for sure. Um, the the best thing to do is to email your MP and and just put pressure on. Point them at point them at the Carry On Touring website or the Musicians Union website or the ISM. You know, get the MPs to sort of raise, raise, raise the issue. You know, that's what we need. We need more people raising, more MPs raising the issue in Parliament, so that you know it puts pressure on the government to try and get it sorted out. That, that's that's the only way we're going to get it sorted. We need the government to actually listen. Yeah. You know, and, that, and that's where it comes from. You know, is is the fans? We need the fans to 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 get out there and shout about it. And how can people support the Carry On Touring campaign? Um, by all means, uh, you know, if you go onto the website, you can sign up. Um, yeah, yeah, just follow us on Twitter. Just retweet anything that we're putting out. Uh, follow us on. We're, we've got a Facebook group. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, just on social media. Just follow us. Uh, retweet stuff. Okay, yeah. so basically, yeah, get to the website then at Carry On Touring. Let me just make sure I get this right. CarryOnTouring.uk. And from there, you can be linked through to all of the other pages, such as Twitter, which is uh, CarryOnTouring underscore. So give the guys a follow on everything. Stay up to date, stay informed, and, you know, get in touch and figure out some ways that you can help as well. And like uh, Tim said, share stuff, amplify things, get involved in the petitions and the campaigns, and just spread the word as well. You know, in, in educate your, uh, you know, your friends and your family about this stuff. You know, because it doesn't just affect, you know, the music industry, like I keep <laughs> suggesting that it does. You know, as Tim said, this affects loads of industries and it has a knock-on effect through other industries as well. You know, so please do get involved and try and amplify and help in any way that you can. And as Tim said, get on the backs of your MPs as well, you know, make them aware of this and keep hammering on about it. 
you know, they have to speak to you. And as Tim said, you know, there are many MPs who are on side with this issue and will do everything they can to to fight the cause from within the halls of power, which is ultimately, you know, where the, where the change is going to happen. So, you know, there is plenty of things you can do. So please do get involved. And, you know, there is hope as well, because as Tim said, you know, there is that support there throughout all of the major parties within the MPs. So... Even though we are far from the finish line, the fact that that support already exists and that awareness already exists should be you know, a powerful source of hope. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, and, and without the support of the MPs that we have and the, the lords, and you know, without that support, we we, we wouldn't be anywhere. So you know, hats off to them for, for supporting us and and trying to get the mess sorted out. You know, it's um, it is a mess. Um, you know, I. Sometimes I, I despair at, uh, at what the government are doing, and, and it, it is sometimes it can be very, very difficult to, to carry on, you know. Yeah. But it's got to be you've got to carry on because it's not just about old parts like me. It's about the youngsters that are coming up that want to go out and do this stuff. I mean, I've been touring thirty years, and and I've been all over the place. I've had great fun. But the youngsters that are just starting their careers, they've got all that to look forward to. So yeah. you know. It needs to be sorted out for those guys yeah. and the fans and, you know, everyone, really. Amen, um, amen. No, 100%, man. Well, we know change of any kind is, is possible because we've seen it before. So it, all it takes is the will and the effort and the energy and the morale behind it to make it happen, you know? Although we are up against some pretty stiff opposition on this one because, of course, you know, we, we haven't spoken of their name in a while. But, you know, we are ultimately up against the devil incarnate on this one, which is the aforementioned Pretty Patel. <laughs> indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Sorry, man, I had to get one final dig in, you know. Well, Tim, thanks so much for your time today, man. I'm going to let you go. Thanks for everything you've done to lead the charge on this and for, you know, giving us the lowdown on where we're at and everything today as well. Best wishes with the rest of the campaign and everything that you're doing. And hopefully we'll see you out there in the trenches sometime. Okay, man. No worries. It was good talking to you. You too. Cheers, Tim. Take care, man. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Tim Brennan, ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for him. So there you go. Now you know. Now you know what's going on out there as a result of that daft Brexit thing that some of you bloody voted for. You know, as if us musicians haven't got it hard enough as it is already. We make no money on streaming. Our venues are closing down left, right and centre. Nobody thinks it's a real job or takes you seriously, you know, and then, you know, this happens. So now we can't even go and perform in Europe without added barriers and bureaucracy and ball ache. You know, if there are any staunch Brexiteers, you know, leavers that are listening to this whose, whose general views on Brexit are unchanged, I hope that after listening to that, you can understand our position on this as people who, whose industry is affected by this. And even if that doesn't change your view on Brexit more generally, I hope that you can see the need for this restriction to be lifted on our particular industry and, and others. You know, I mean, these are just pointless strangleholds which serve no purpose whatsoever and could easily be lifted and changed. So come on, Brexiteers, we need you on site. Stop reading the Weatherspoons magazine and get involved. You like music too, right? You know, what, 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 what do like right-wing Brexiteers listen to? I don't know. Um, Ted Nugent or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. But this isn't just a music thing anyway. You know, this is something that affects so many industries, probably most of which are already on their knees after two years of um, pandemic lockdown. You know, and this isn't an ideological left or right issue. You know, this is an economic and a cultural one, you know. So I think everybody can get on board and get behind us on this. 
So get over to carryontouring.uk and on Twitter at carryontouring underscore. There's other links as well on the, on the website to the Facebook group and you know I think there's Instagram as well. Give the guys a follow and stay up to date on the progress and how things are developing. And, you know, remember to share stuff and help to amplify and raise awareness and spread the word. Speak to your MP and do anything else you want to do. Smother yourself in marmalade and run around the streets of Westminster naked if you want to, screaming, you know, about this. That would be really cool if somebody wants to do that. I wholeheartedly endorse your efforts. So there we go. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks again to Tim for being brilliant and coming on and chatting with us today. Um, before I go, one final nag. You know what I'm going to say. If you know what I'm going to say, why haven't you done it yet? Subscribe to the goddamn podcast. Hit the subscribe button now. Hit the follow button. Hit whatever you got to hit to, you know, keep me happy. And make sure you leave a rating as well and leave a review and some comments. And as always, send me your thoughts. I shall see you next week with another awesome guest and another awesome episode of the James Kennedy podcast. In the meantime, look after yourself, stay sexy, stay awesome, and I shall see you next week. Love you loads. Bye-bye.